Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Let's Be Social. I have a very special guest on today. Uh, his name is Xavier Sotelo. He is from San Francisco. He's based in Canada and he is an actor. And I want to welcome you to my show. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Been very much looking forward to having this interview with you. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to ask you kind of how you got started into acting, how you kind of um, have progressed mm -hmm. and what you're currently doing right now. Sure. It's a lot of questions. I know. How I started. Yeah, I get, uh, I get that a lot. I get people that ask me a lot how I, how I fell into it. Um, I started at a very early age. I'm one of those... Um, individuals that just got bit by the acting bug when I was uh, around seven years old. And uh, I was living in, in Hillsborough, California, San Francisco, California, San Mateo County. There was a location shoot for Streets of San Francisco with uh, Carl Malden and Michael Douglas was shooting at the time. And uh, I had an aunt that was in the business and they were over at the house that day uh, because of the location shoot they were going to be shooting by our house as it uh, coincidentally enough as it happened. And so she took me down to the location shoot. And I was only eight years old at the time, but I got so mesmerized and so taken in by the entire setup of the location shoot with these huge lights, these rigs, these, these trailers. It, it just looked like, uh, I didn't know what it looked like at the time. I just saw a lot of lights. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was at that time that I realized this is kind of cool. I wouldn't mind uh, exploring this a little bit more. And, uh, it was that same night <clears throat> as I was there and I was there for hours and it was late at night. And I remember getting really, really tired and she actually took me by the hand and she talked to someone. I don't know who she talked to, but they actually put me in one of the shots in one of the episodes. And it was one of the shots where Carl, Mal Carl Malden and Michael Douglas are walking down the steps. I'm, I'm assuming they were investigating some kind of murder because that's usually what it was in the streets of San Francisco show. And as they were coming down, the, uh, the director only said one thing to me, was just cry. And uh, at that point, I was also indoctrinated into the process of acting because it was take after take after take. And I was there for a while, just, you know, standing there in my spot. Uh, and it was a clear night. I remember it was kind of cold, too, so they, they gave me a jacket to wear. And I was in my pajamas. <clears throat> and so by the end of the shoot, um, I, I didn't need to act to cry. I just wanted to go home at that point because it was late. I think it was around like 1 in the morning, 12.30, 1 in the morning. And we weren't far from my house because we didn't live very far from the actual location. So we were able to walk to the trailers and then walk back home. And uh, I was tired by the time I got home. But the next morning when I woke up, I remember feeling so exhilarated and on a natural high that I just started, you know, bugging my mother about more acting and more acting. And she started putting me into these you know, local workshops and classes. And then from there, it just took off. I got a local agent. And I remember one of my first gigs as a kid was working with the Open Raiders in one of the weekend shows, teaching children how to play football, teaching them sportsmanlike conduct, uh, all that good stuff as it relates to sports. And I remember doing that just shortly after that experience. And that was it. That was after my experience with Streets of San Francisco and just been with the bug and I just never looked back. And throughout the years, that's all I focused on is acting. Mm -hmm. um, what brought you to Canada? A long involved story and, and no, it, it wasn't a woman. A lot of guys like to say that, oh, she must have been very pretty to bring you to, to Canada. No, at that age, um, we had actually moved from California to New York. And it was in New York where I continued my studies in acting. And again, my poor mother, she used to take me on the, on the subways in, in New York into Brooklyn. 
to study at one of the schools there, uh, the acting courses that they offered uh, those years. And that would put it at around 1979, 1980, I think it was. Yeah. That's when we moved out of California. And then from California, we moved to, um, uh, sorry, from California to New York, from New York to Washington, D.C. And from Washington, D.C., we finally came up to Canada. So I was one of those guys that you call a diplomat guy because my father was an ambassador. So we had to move from, from posting to posting. So that's how I got to Canada. And at that age, you, you don't have a choice. You just go where the family goes. Right, right. So that's what brought me to Canada. Okay. And, um, and so you've been kind of acting along the way. Um, are you currently still right. acting? Still acting. Uh, I fell into business about uh, 25, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I got very good at that. Became uh, very successful at setting up high tech companies and, and doing that thing, but I was doing that on a part time basis, and, and, and my heart really wasn't in it. I fell into it quite by accident, but I got a lot of good skill sets and a lot of good experience working uh, in business for those for those nineteen twenty years that, that I was doing that. And at the same time, of course, I was still pursuing my acting career. I was doing a lot of theater, uh, working with an agent, doing some minor productions, doing a little bit of television. Uh, mostly television is that what I was doing at that time, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and from there on, um, I managed to find uh, Mansoor Agency, who I'm presently with, and from there, my career just changed. It just it just blossomed, and it's a lot of work. I'm sure Dina told you as well. So yeah. I uh, interviewed Dina Renon, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, she hit the nail on the head because you don't see a lot of the uh, a lot of the grunt work that goes on behind the scenes, but there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. But the success I had in business, it was, um, I chalk it up to uh, a lot of energy I had, plus a lot of luck. Mm -hmm. uh, but I quickly got out of it because when I saw what it was doing to my, my goals and my dreams that I had in acting, it was pulling me away from it. So all I knew at that point coming to the tail end of that experience was that I needed to get out and I needed to refocus myself and go full in 100% if I was going to do this. And about 25 years ago, that's what I did. And I've been doing it full time ever since. Okay. And since you, uh, since you started so young, um, what kind of, was there something that kind of inspired you along the way and, and kind of still inspires you or? Um, I guess the greatest inspiration that I could ever get outside of the industry would be my father because he was incredibly successful. Um, he, uh, and it was his passion. He had a lot of passion for what he did in his life, you know? And so I got a lot of inspiration from him. And he was, it was because of him that I fell in love with movies and the classics. I remember one of my earliest memories is, is, is seeing myself in diapers on the sofa watching Westerns. You know, uh, John Ford Westerns is what my father used to show me all the time. And a lot of movies with Spencer Tracy, Dana Andrews, uh, Marlena Dietrich, Charles Lawton, Tyrone Power. Uh, Dana Andrews was one of my favorite actors growing up, as well as Spencer Tracy. A lot of these names, a lot of the young kids, they don't know who they are. And, and it always kind of breaks my heart because that was my introduction to, to movies at uh, the age of between six and eight. And those are memories that I, they're so indelible that it's as if they happened yesterday. Uh, my father was everything to me. He still is. He's the reason why I have such a great appreciation and love for cinema, uh, the arts. He was uh, an artist and an architect by profession. Um, his drawings were very Leonardo da Vinci-ish. And all his work and the human body and the anatomy was just gorgeous work he did. So he was uh, my first greatest inspiration in, in my acting. 
And then it evolved into my sister because my sister was getting into acting and dance. So I followed her into everything, dance, ballet, uh, theater. So those were my two greatest influences growing up. And again, it was all the classic actors of the, uh, of the golden age of Hollywood that my father introduced me to that were the greatest inspirations. Charles Lawton, Spencer Tracy, my God, Gary Cooper. I used to watch his movies over and over again. And by watching these movies over and over again, I, I was absorbing, you know, technique, you know, what they were doing. And it wasn't until I started going to schools that I realized there's actual skills and techniques and why they go to school to learn this because it is an art, it is a craft. And you have to learn how to work the angles of the cameras as well, how to work the lens of the camera as well. So mm -hmm. that was my greatest inspiration growing up. That's, that's what kept me going. And I always go back to those days to keep me going as well. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see... How do you see how acting has changed over the years? Have you, hmm. have you found? That's a really good question. Yeah. <clears throat> I just had a conversation with uh, individuals about this not too long ago. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different beast. I remember back in the day, um, in, in the way that I see it, um, was acting was much more about the skill and the craft. The way it's evolved because of the advent of the internet, it's become more of a, more of a social media thing. Mm -hmm. People wanting to go for fame, wanting to get that social influence or status. And it's affected acting because now when you get into the room, uh, you'll have individuals that will ask you about your social media presence when they never did before because they want the eyeballs for their projects, right? It's like any business. They, they, they want to get the attention. They want to make money. Yeah. But what I see happening is... It, it kind of lessens the value of the actor when one of their primary concerns is how many followers you have on, say, Instagram. Right. That's never sat well with me. I've always been a, a, a kind of a purist with the art of, with the art of acting. Given mm -hmm. all the experiences I've been through and the, um, the instruction, the schooling, the, uh, the dedication and going to these workshops and schools to learn acting. And now to hear them say, well, you know, we're not going to cast you because you don't have enough eyeballs on on your Instagram account, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, it should be about the craft. It should be about the acting. But I completely understand that this society, this society, you do want, you want to make money for sure. But it, it just, it just, it never will. And I don't think it, it, it never has, and it never will sit well with me. Yeah. Um, those aspects of how technology has driven the platforms of media have changed uh, the acting industry as well. But it's to be expected, right? You adapt and change kind of thing. So, um, but like yeah. at the same time, you have to think like someone who has like a million likes on their social media doesn't, it's not a direct indicator of how, how well they are as an actor <clears throat> saying, you know, anyone in particular, but like, it doesn't say that you're a good actor, the more likes you have or how, how popular you are. Well, that's just it. That's yeah. just it. Right? So you get a lot of hobbyists that will end up getting, you know, uh, principal roles or actor roles uh, yeah. based, on, uh, based on popularity, popularism. Right. So, right. so do That's you never sat well with me, either in this industry or in politics. Uh, it's never sat well with me in, uh, in other aspects of uh, life as well. But that's that's the nature of the beast, and that's the kind of the world we've built. It's all very technology-driven. So do you find that it's more challenging now to get roles than in the past, pre-social media? And I think there's several reasons for that. Mm -hmm. um, that makes it difficult for sure, uh, because now as, as an established actor and an actor, it's got such a long trajectory uh, 
as I do, as other people do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're resting the, um, the hopes of being cast by the amount of viewers or eyeballs that you have on your social media pages, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's made it kind of difficult is uh, self-taping because it's able to feel the cross support for everybody. So now we get uh, people that are just starting in the acting in the acting industry, just becoming actors that are sending out self, self-tape submissions yeah. for projects that you're up for a role or you're competing with. Um, and now you're competing with tens of hundreds of more people yeah. because of self-taping that it's level of playing field. You get people sending self-tapes from, from every corner of the every corner of the globe now. Mm-hmm. So the competition's gotten more, more fierce. But having said that, uh, I do believe that the, the way the system is set up, that you've got executive producers, directors, and casting directors that still, of course, look at the, uh, the skill set of the actor. You know, they're looking at the demo tape. Uh, yeah. They're looking at their, their resume. You know, they're looking at their aspects that have to determine whether they get cast or not. So I always kind of rest, uh, rest easier on that, knowing that there is still that, that process involved, that even though the playing field is getting flattened, mm-hmm. competitions get a lot more of that. There's, there's, there is still some integrity in the acting industry as well in terms of how they select and how they cast. So do you recommend for for new people starting out? Because as you said, there's there's a ton of people probably starting out um, to, to do coaching, like some sort of acting. Yeah, and it depends on how serious you are, you know. Um, this is great for people that, that want to build in a second revenue and, you know, in their household and they're good at acting and they want to get into it locally. You can become what they call a day player and get cast and be very successful with actor and principal roles that way. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if you if you are more serious about pursuing acting as a, as a career and as a profession, you do have to uh, make certain decisions about how far you want that to go. But coaching is definitely an avenue that I've always been a huge advocate of because of how it's changed my career, how it's changed my life. Yeah. Good coaching is hard to find. Take yeah. your time finding coaching, but when you find a good coach, it makes the world a difference. As an actor, it's difficult to talk about stuff that we're casting because of the yeah. industry. But um, in our industry's highs and lows, I've been auditioning for a, a whack of stuff lately. But it's curious because once you do get a supporting role, a lot of the auditions that you stu- do start getting uh, put in front of you and scripts to read are now in the supporting, major supporting role categories. So they're bigger roles now. So having said that, there are few and far in between. So I have a lot more downtime to devote to the, double, the development of my school. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of peaks and valleys, but uh, sure. nothing that I'm casting at the moment. A lot of people can go back and watch some of my old stuff if they want. But right now, it's just trying to find another project to get myself casting. And that's what, that's what I'm presently working on. One of the, and I heard just last week something that I constantly try to remind myself is that an actor's job is to find the work. Yeah. So that's what I'm presently doing. And I was continuing to find the work. Yeah. So it must be must be challenging. I mean, you're, you're pretty well established. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. Over 40 years. Yeah. I mean, so, but it, it must always still be a challenge to, to get yourself out there and, and find new work. It, it is, but you know, I, I, I've leveraged myself off of having good representation and I've been very fortunate to have the best representation. So like I said before, when I, when I got to my current uh, agent, Mensur Agency, I have two agents now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mensur Agency just changed my career. Uh, 
uh, from one day to the next, uh, eight years ago when I signed up with them. They're the ones that took me to Montreal, got mm -hmm. me to work uh, on Star Trek as Captain Diego Vela. They yeah. got in front of Ben Stiller, uh, Gabriel Byrne. So they started um, uh, bridging that gap to working with some of these uh, A-list actors and some of these bigger productions. And that experience was one of the best, have been some of the best experiences of my career. You learn so much. When you're on set and you get to spend three, four days just watching Gabriel Byrne work. You know, you're on set Star Trek, you're watching um, these, these stars uh, do their job and you get to watch them and, and that itself. You can't buy a workshop or go to, go to a, a class or a school no. to learn uh, what you learn when you're in it. You know, when you're yeah. watching other professional actors do their thing, these are, these are named known actors. So I've been very blessed and very grateful to have those experiences where I can sit there and just just learn from some of the some of the industry's best. You know, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Um, have you ever thought about teaching others? I do. I do. I, I do that yeah. right now. Haven't I do? I haven't. I do. I have a uh, and funny enough, this school, the Auto Actors Cooperative, that I've been trying to uh, uh, trying to build, uh, started oddly enough over twenty years ago under the same name. It just it, it just changed in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. But a year before the pandemic hit, it just really took, really took root this time because I had surrounded myself with a production company, AutoLogs.com, yeah. a partner of mine that's helped me out tremendously. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I guess the climate was right. Um, my experiences and expertise uh, was, uh, I think, 15, 20 years more experience to take this and, and build it more, more successfully. Mm -hmm. So over the last couple of years, it's, it's kind of taken off. And now I have a steady book of clientele that come and see me for their coaching, for, for auditions, for voiceover work. And some of them actually take, a, I've, I've constructed these programs to help actors uh, do what I didn't do. do. Avoid what I did, which is learn by trial and error, because that just adds so many years to your professional development. And you lose a lot of opportunities, which is what I did. Yeah. I learned the hard way, because those tools, like I said before, the internet, with the internet, a lot of those tools are available to us today, just weren't available to us back then. For sure. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I, I coach them. Um, I, I try to instruct uh, some of the up and coming actors that have a lot of promise. And the other point I wanted to make before that kept es escaping me mm -hmm. was that with auditioning, you can learn uh, techniques and skills. What I can teach is the talent. Yeah. So as long as you have the talent and the willingness to, to learn and devote yourself to learning all the technical skills required for auditioning successfully, because there are do's and don'ts of auditioning. There's ways to address the lens. There are, there are ways to command your space that a lot of even established actors here in town that I see, you know, going into audition after audition after audition, they're never booking. Um, my heart aches because I know what's going on, but they, for some reason, refuse to reach out and get the help that they need. And I never quite understood that. But it, it will lengthen the amount of years it takes. So what I try to do is try to shorten that time and say, listen, this is what I figured out. You know, I not only figured out by sitting with casting directors and they've shown me the whole process in their office, how they go from selecting an actor to casting an actor, which in itself was invaluable, yeah. but also learning all the technical aspects. You know, which can be learned. Yeah. And nothing breaks my heart more than than having actors send me their auditions and seeing that they take them in their living room with no backdrops. You see all the furniture and the noise, what I call noise, right? Which yeah. is like stuff in the back, 
poor lighting and they're sitting on the sofa. That's not a way to do an audition. So I, I see these things happening and, and, and I, I just cringe because I know I can help these people. Mm-hmm. And I started to help these people and in helping these people, I get some of the greatest satisfaction, personal satisfaction and creative growth myself through helping other people. So it's, 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 um, it's very rewarding for me to continue to coach and, and to pass on what I've learned to people who are also serious about the product. I think it's important um, in anything that you're doing to, to learn from people that are experienced mentors, uh, coaches, to kind of level yourself up to the next level. I think it's important to kind of, to kind it of. It is. Yeah. And, and without a good coach, I would have struggled not knowing how to address certain issues within the audition room. And here is the biggest kicker. One of the biggest kickers of them all, something that I knew had afflicted me as an actor, but I didn't know how to fix it until I started working with a coach and that was the confidence. And I realized that my lack of confidence that was showing me in the audition room was because I didn't know how to address certain issues like intimate moments in an audition. Well, don't cross the floor to hug or kiss the leader. Don't do that, right? There's ways to handle those situations. Mm -hmm. Charading and pantomiming, don't do that. Props, there's only certain do's and don'ts and rules of using I didn't know a lot of this stuff. There's a way to look at the lens and place your eye lines. These are all technical skills that you learn as time goes on. But if you don't have a proper coach, it's going to take you years to figure out. And in those years, if you don't have a coach, you're going to be losing opportunity after opportunity, which is what happened to me. But, you know, at the age that I'm at now, one of the, one of the things that I am grateful for is all those trials and tribulations and learning it by, um, yeah, learning it by, 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 by trial, basically trial and error is how I learned a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. is experience and education that nobody can take away from me because I know now what's right and wrong in the audition room. And I've made some big mistakes in the audition room too, but you learn from those mistakes. Okay? Yeah. And these casting directors, they see you. They see that you're serious about wanting to do better, wanting to be better. So they, as long as you're serious about the craft, they'll continue to invite you in, right? They see someone who's struggling, who's serious, that wants to become better, They'll give you every opportunity and keep watching you, keep looking at your audition tapes because they want to see you grow. Yeah. And, and that's what happened with me with a lot of casting directors. Like they never gave up on me. They saw how passionate I was. Making mistakes, sure, but they knew that one day I'd figure it out. That's awesome. Um, Coaching, invaluable. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, so people can find you on IMDb? IMDb, that's correct. Yeah, the, my okay. entire filmography is there. Mm-hmm. And just on social media, Instagram and Facebook. You know, on Instagram, right. they can find me at, uh, well, just with my name, Xavier Chatello. Yeah. And, yeah, um, they can just find me on social media just by just by searching my name. I'm there. Okay. Facebook, and, I have a, an actor page and on Instagram, I have a page. Okay, and if, if they're interested in coaching, are you doing that as well? Yep, I... I I always have clients that come and see me on a weekly, as long as I'm not on set and working. Mm -hmm. I have a a studio. We're sitting in my studio right now. Uh, The Auto Actors Cooperative. It has its own page on social media as well. So if people want to search the Auto Actors Cooperative, they'll get pictures of the entire layout, the amenities, the studios that we have here, the studio that I've built in here. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this is where we do a lot of our work. And uh, and then downstairs as well, we have script readings, Mm -hmm. uh, breakdown scripts, proper script analysis, you know, obstacles, objectives, all that stuff that Stanislavski uh, 
had popularized in terms of his method, uh, I still adhere to those seven pillars of the Stanislavski method, which is just excellent preparation for, for any audition in any role. You know? It's just, you do these things for so many years, it just becomes natural. It just becomes, you know, without thinking, you just do its muscle memory. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a total pleasure interviewing you and um, well, thank you very much. Learning about how you became an actor and the things that you're doing. I think it's awesome that you're doing coaching and helping others. And I hope that my viewers on here um, check you out. I'm very excited to kind of follow your acting career and um, see where things go from there. And I wish you all of the success um, that you deserve. And thank you for taking the time to come on and do this interview with me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much, Bea. It was my pleasure. Believe me, it was my pleasure being here. And thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. You can come on later in the year and we can kind of see what you're up to. And Sure, we can talk about more specific projects. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, thanks so much. Thank you, B. Okay, bye. Bye.